Hi there! Welcome to The Golden Age, a podcast all about the youth of today and how we go about navigating our current world. I'm your host, Bilal Bertai, a high school student who's in desperate need of some life advice. Each week, a guest and I will dive into a topic that we find relevant to our current lives. We'll talk about everything from podcasting, to money, to education, and even relationships, and anything in between. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 4 of The Golden Age. Today I'm joined by current student trustee, squash player, and amazing speaker from what I've seen yesterday, Fredo Shallow. Hi! Hey, what's up? What's up? I'm so excited. I'm really excited to have you. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I'm honored. Thank you for thinking of me, as I said before. Um, and yeah, like, I'm ready to talk about food and what food does to me and, like, well, how much I love it and all about food, really. Like, I can talk about it all day. So, as Fridos has graciously told us, today's topic is about food. Um, we are going to talk about literally the ins and outs, what it means for us in a more deeper sense, what it means for our culture. And then we're going to jump into your recent food blog. Um, are you ready? Yes, I am. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing this quarantine? Yeah, so quarantine started back in March, which seems like ages ago. Um, But all I've been doing this quarantine is really just trying to keep up my fitness. Like I had so much time on my hands to take that extra, I guess, hour or so each day to go for a run or do things that I've never done before. So that was great. I've been watching a lot of Netflix, especially after August, because I had a summer job. So within these past two weeks, I've been catching up on my movies, been catching up on my shows. Shout out to Avatar The Last Airbender, highly recommend. Um, And yeah, like honestly, I've just been doing regular schmegler stuff, like nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, I can't really do anything. Right. So I want to say, like, I want to tell you what happened this morning. And for the listeners, this will give you a little bit of like a timeline as to how I record our uh, episodes, because I mentioned this in the previous, um, the one I recorded right before this. But today I was I had my music on shuffle and guess what played? Leaves from the vine. <laughs> oh, okay, I was thinking of that. I was thinking of that. I was thinking of that. Okay. But just for the fact that you have it on your playlist shows how much I love you like it's just uh, guys I I can talk about Avatar Last Airbender on a whole different episode but let me tell you oh my god this show is out of this world like I am one of the biggest fans I will literally cry if I meet the creators or producers or whoever but oh my god bro like highly recommend (laughs) I feel literally the exact same way but as soon as I came, I like had to stop. Like I stopped in my tracks and I just got so sad because that, okay, so I don't cry easily. Like emotional trauma, I don't know, but I don't (laughs) cry easily. But that song never fails to make me start tearing up. Like it's 100% guarantee. Like if I'm with people, I'll like, I won't, but if I'm alone, like, I will literally sit like this with tears running down my eyes. <laughs> so powerful, and I'm not going to spoil anything for 
anyone but the how kind of like the song is integrated into the show and the meaning behind it really hits home especially with the character it's sung by it's just oh, oh my god jitters butterflies <laughs> maybe i should change this into like instead of food ing with fredo shallow i should change it to like avatar ing with fredo shallow <laughs> back and we'll talk about avatar like a full of course I will definitely like hit you up again and be like, do you want to talk about the Avatar in an episode? But that's um like so funny, f- funny um fun fact. Uh, so Avatar: The Last Airbender started gaining traction because it came out like right as quarantine came out, or like May fifteenth, if I remember. I started watching that December of like the December before, and mm-hmm. let me tell you, I was people thought I was crazy. Like I was talking about it. Like I was like. <laughs> I went. I was with my English teacher, and I was like, "Miss, you don't know. This show is the greatest oh show god. to ever exist." Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Bro, 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 bro. My mom, my older brother, my dad, and I. We sat down every Friday night in front of Nickelodeon to watch it while it was still running on TV. It came out on Netflix three years ago on Canadian Netflix, and I've watched it seven times. Every single time people thought that I was crazy, that I was crazy for watching a cartoon. Well, guess who are the same people that are running to my door and saying, oh, I, I have to, I have to like give you props for showing me one of the greatest shows ever. No, 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 sit down, sit down, bro. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever gonna get to food, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we're just stuck here. This is like Groundhog's Day podcast edition. <laughs> oh, okay. Back and forth, back and forth. But no, like, great show if you guys haven't listened to it yet uh no listen wow (laughs) watched it yet highly recommend you can find it like literally on netflix i don't know if they took it off canadian netflix yet no 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 hell no No. (laughs) we are not allowing it but they kept it so it's all on netflix and then wink wink if you want to go on pirated websites they're usually there too Um, we don't condone it as you know like represent well no i'm not gonna say that <laughs> uh, whatever you can make your- highly recommend it if you like avatar the last airbender i would recommend i don't know if you know it steven universe it yes mm-hmm. it's it obviously doesn't have that nostalgia aspect that like avatar has that really pushes it to the top of our minds but it's really good and just like that development from like oh yeah, this is a kid's TV show to like, oh, this is dark, is really good. And it, it's much longer. It's six seasons. The last season, oh, I, it really hurts to have that show end that way because it wasn't a great ending. But regardless, the first five seasons, great. It'll keep you on your toes. Don't search it up though because spoilers are everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah, that's to the I'll listeners. I'll get to it. I'll get to that next for sure tell me let me know how you how you like it um so for a dose every week i have a set of questions right next to me and i'll ask my guest um i'll randomly pick one and i'll ask them from this deck um the question and they'll give me the answer are you ready for your question yes okay and i'll answer so like you can have a little bit of time to think of your answer okay if you could only take one cd or album for a cross-country road trip, which would you choose? So my answer, and this is very like surface level, but it's 1989 by Taylor Swift. 
I don't oh, know. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Not, I thought you were going to say, yeah, good, good one. <laughs> um, that, it's such a quintessential album. Like, I think everyone knows at least five songs from that album. And, like, it's all of her hits, like Blank Space, um, Bad Blood, New York, or Welcome to New York. So many great songs on that album, and that would be the one I would take for a cross country because everyone, everyone can vibe to it, you know. Everyone can like yeah. jam. What about you? Okay, so I'm actually stuck between three, so I'm trying to like mentally take out one, so I'm down with two. So one of them would definitely be uh, "Divide" by Ed Sheeran. I'm like a huge Ed Sheeran fan. Like I, I cannot tell you how much I love the guy. Like. So many people hate him for some reason, but he's just, he always releases bangers. And I think the second one, hmm. Yeah, maybe that would be my one. I like, I don't want to really choose any. I'll, I'll put him at the top. Yeah, Divide by Ed Sheeran. That is a great choice. Again, one like another really quintessential album. If I'm correct, it's Shape of You, um, Perfect, Galloway Girl. Oh, Happier on that album is so sad. <laughs> Well, I think I think it's perfect for cross country because it's I don't know, like there's so many different vibes within the album. Like there's sad music, there's like things that make you cry, there's things that make you feel so like wholesome, there's things that want to make you dance. Like there's there's just so many different songs on there which I feel like would be great to put on repeat. For sure. Um yeah, I 100% agree. The one the one like sad thing is picture of you or no photograph isn't on that album if it was it'd be like that's yeah, it perfect that's yeah that one is crazy i was gonna say another one um take care by drake i think that one has mm. like just so many bangers as well but i don't think anyone and everyone can vibe to it so yeah yeah i would okay so i'm gonna get like everyone from toronto coming on like coming for me but I don't like Drake. Like, I, not him, but I don't like his music. And maybe it's because, like, I've never been a fan of, like, rap, especially, like, male rappers rap. But I don't know. I can't. Like, I never seem to really get that that vibe. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's definitely um, – I feel like everyone from Toronto claims him because he's from Toronto. But I don't really like him as – a person because um I don't know if you're like from Toronto why aren't you giving back to the community that you came from you know what I mean like I don't really see any initiatives coming from him and with his platform so he's controversial I would say <laughs> wow you're I'm so sorry your dms are going to be packed now <laughs> I don't, it's not like I don't listen to his music I just I just think that he can do so much more for the city of Toronto like yeah. he's always downtown he's here like there's a pandemic going on like you have all the money in the world you have the platform why aren't you doing anything for the city that raised you and for the city that supports you most you know so wow hot I take everyone <laughs> so many hot takes wow <laughs> last episode we had a hot take now we have a hot take yes, sir. this is gonna be like the joe rogan podcast <laughs> really soon. No, i really hope like I know. I really wanted to start a podcast where it's just like controversial topics and stuff, but I don't know if I can handle the heat. Like my heart cannot handle the heat from people sometimes. 
Yeah, I'm like afraid because after I like started this podcast, I was like, wait, now I have to really watch what I say. <laughs> but I'm not, I don't think, I wouldn't say I'm too much of a problematic person. So like, I don't really have to focus. But if you're like racist, then sucks to be you. <laughs> okay, do you want to, okay, one thing I want to talk about. So this was recently revealed to me and by you, <laughs> you are an avid experienced prankster oh let's talk about that <laughs> yes, sir. oh my gosh pranking is like my life it's literally i don't know i can write a whole english paper on it like it's it's an art form it is something that you learn there's like good ones bad ones and it's honestly like it's really strategic as well like i don't know if you know this but when it comes to pranking like you can't just prank anyone some people can't take jokes and <laughs> that's what I learned right so um yeah I love pranking and it's just something that I will continue to do till I'm old <laughs> <laughs> I love that drive I love that ambition personally for me like I'm I hate pranks that harm other people you know whether that be like emotionally or even physically it just doesn't like why you know but if it's up high to the face I'm like, okay, this is kind of funny, you know, like, even if it's to me. Yeah, I can never, like, whenever I do my pranks, I always try my best to ensure that the person that I'm pranking um, can take the joke and, like, laughs along with it. Um, Because I I think the worst feeling ever is feeling like you're embarrassed or less than um, or taken as a joke. And so I always try to avoid that. So all my pranks consist of like, you know, as you said, pie to the faces, you know, Vaseline, honey and feathers. Um, <laughs> and just like basic things, but it's always fun to do, you know. So true. So true. I don't know if you've seen, but a while ago, there was a little TikTok trend where people would like you would stand. So like you and the person that was in on the joke would stand on either side of the person you wanted to prank. And then you'd be like, oh, jump, jump. And then like all three of you would jump. And then at one point, the person in the middle would jump. And then the other two would kick the person's feet under him. And like they would like land on their backs. And I was like. It's continue, continue. No, like it's so I just I can't find the pleasure of it, whether like not just as a viewer, I can't be like, okay, this I'm not laughing at this because that can cause serious harm. I don't mean to be a like a party people, pooper. A lot of people have, like, a good chunk of people have actually passed away from it. My dad sent me a video, um, act, like, sending me, you know, the WhatsApp trends, like, you get the forwarded messages. <laughs> um, my dad sent me a video of two guys that did that, and the person that was knocked over, like, instantly passed away because of, like, a neck snap. So it was, those type of pranks are just, it's a hell no for me. No, like... That's a big no. Fredos, the avid prankster does not advocate for harmful pranks. Exactly. No. Whenever you do pranks, like, just make sure it's safe. Make sure the person that you're pranking and yourself are never put in harm, like, whether that's emotional or physical. Like, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a joke. And if one person doesn't feel like it's a joke, then it's not a joke. <laughs> Very much that. Yep. 100% agree. Um, so do you want to, <laughs> let's get to the topic of uh, today, <laughs> but do you want, let's talk about food. So I have a few questions here. Let's talk about how the, how has food, um, shaped 
our lives or like how has the importance of food shaped our lives other than like you know like having to eat you know yeah I feel like food is such a broad topic in general and you know I feel like if you look at it in a deep perspective from a deeper perspective um food defines us and defines our culture right like no matter like you go to different places around the world and food differs like some people you know some people accept eating camels in the middle east whereas here it's proven to be unacceptable and like some people you know cook with different spices cook with different you know vegetables meats and it's like I feel like food really does define us as a culture and as a person um and yeah it's like as I said before it just it's amazing like it's such a beautiful thing food has always been the one thing or one of the biggest things one of my well mostly my dad but like even both of my parents would really make sure it was lunch dinner and sometimes breakfast was always a time that the entire family needed to be at the table and Mm -hmm. indirectly it was kind of like okay well the food's out and therefore the family the entire family needs to be here and you know through it's a moroccan tradition so i don't know if i mentioned this but i am from morocco um (laughs) first first for on this podcast but it's such a quintessential part of like so many cultures not just moroccan but like um north african african um middle eastern south asian east asian where the entire purpose of having a meal together isn't to you know make it easier for everyone to like you know if everyone eats at once you only have to do like putting the dishes down and picking up picking them up once it's meant to be this like the very, very few times that you can all sit together and connect with one each other, with one another. Um, and usually that only happens like once or twice a day, but you know that's the thing that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does bring our family together as well. Um, I feel like that's also another beautiful part about food. Um, I don't think anything else has that power. I like I really can't think of anything else other than like maybe Eid for us but even with Eid is centered like around food you know and um I don't know I feel like whenever the food's set on the table as you said it's like our cue for everyone to come sit down and, and be together as a family again and I think that is it's such an integral 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 part of our of our lives really and um yeah like I, I really do want to touch upon how some people are not fortunate enough to have that blessing, you know, and um, like my grandmother constantly reminds us that she had to eat bread, sugar, and water for a good 10 something years of her life and very once in a while was able to have those nice pleasures because, you know, some people are just not in that circumstance to have that blessing. So at the same time, like it's, you know we can we can go many different routes with this conversation but food is is so huge and it's it's so huge like within all our lives for the non-muslims um let's let's give you a peek into muslim culture but we for that very reason we have um the holy month of ramadan where we fast the entire month from sunset or sorry sunrise to sunset and don't get it twisted, y'all. It's not the entire day, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want one more non-Muslim asking me that question. But yeah. um, it's no water, no food at all. And for anywhere between like 
10 to even like 16 hours depending on what part of the year it is yeah yeah and it's it's just meant to really bring bring home the idea of food is a necessity but like although it is a necessity not everyone has access to it and not everyone has the the right amounts that they should have yeah and and you talking about Ramadan it's actually interesting that you mentioned that because something that I've noticed within my family is that Ramadan started off as like you know you fast for so long and then you have this major feast every single night right and so I feel like that was so embedded in our culture at least the Swahili culture that you know you have to have this massive feast every single night and have so much leftover food um and over the years I've seen my family cut down on food like dramatic like drastically um and I think that just kind of served the purpose for Ramadan where it's just like you know some people all they can have is one or two things each day and you know and it's like I don't know it's you know, you, you learn so much within that month and you learn so much through that experience as well. Exactly. And one thing that like, I think um, like our little age range. So like, I think maybe 16 year olds to, I want to say 20, 22, mm-hmm. kind of appreciate it more because we had to fast. Like our be- our first fast were in the summer months. I don't know if you realize this trend, but um everyone in like our little age group had to fast um in the summer months and that's when the longest days are yep so we had to like everyone our age like if we started fasting while we were young had to fast like august july june and those are the those are the longest parts of the year where other people started fasting in like december and obviously fasting in general is like a great 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 um act of you know, in Islamic culture, worship, and just in general, allows you to appreciate the amount of, you know, it doesn't let you take food for granted, which is the point I'm trying to get to. Yeah, it felt, it, it definitely felt weird this year, breaking my fast at eight rather than 9.30. Because um, I feel like I grew up, I grew up with breaking my fast at like, you know, 9.30ish, and, you know, waking up at four, and, and you know, it's, it was, it's definitely weird feeling like the, the times are now becoming shorter and shorter every year. Um, oh yeah, food is food is one hell of a topic. <laughs> yeah, we love food. We love we love food here on the Golden Age. Um, one thing I want to touch upon, and it's like our personal experiences, like really, really personal experiences with food. And for me, it's always been um, I don't want to say a struggle, but food and the topic of like dieting and nutrition have been so prevalent in my younger years and that's because like my parents were always like I was I was a bigger child I'm still like a bigger person you haven't seen me yet but like um that's like it's (laughs) it's like I'm on the bigger side and so it's always been like um we you need to start like eating more healthy and you need to start exercising and exercise is like a whole different topic but it's always been like I've seen nutrition I've seen like three nutritionists like in my entire life and that's like more than people like I think 300 times more than people some people have seen in their entire lives and it's it's so interesting to see like this obsession with how people eat Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like 
I don't, I honestly don't know how to explain this, but we've kind of deviated from the entire purpose of food with like snacks and all of these like major companies creating these super, super bad snacks for us, but um, we can't get rid of them. Like I just had one of those like chocolate bars from Costco and I, they make my teeth hurt. Like they are so sugary. Remember the call we had a couple days ago? I had like four Doritos chip bags. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And like those physically made my teeth, they still do. And I still eat them because they're good and they're sugar and they're addicting. But um, I don't know where I'm going with this point. (laughs) Like it's it's an interesting perspective to see like the juxtaposition from like back home to here where food back home is like eat whatever you want and like no matter what you eat there no matter what you prepare it's like healthy and it's not I don't want to say healthy but it's fulfilling it's nurturing and I think that's the most important part of food where nowadays so many people have like the most bland meals like I know people who have chicken like chicken breasts like unseasoned chicken breasts with with salads and whatnot every single day and I'm like are you like do you enjoy your food because it really doesn't seem like you do yeah but yeah I feel not I feel you on that one as well like I don't don't even know how to explain it like my parents and my family has never been that type of like nutritional family um we're always eating our cultural food you know we're always trying to like have the finest things and, and eat as much as we can subhanallah but like we've we've cut down um, but recently it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because recently my, my mom and my grandmother and my dad have really been watching what they've been eating. Like not, not in the sense like, oh, you know, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm trying to lose weight, but they think of it as, am I, is this healthy for me? Is it going to benefit me? And I guess that's all that also, they say it comes with age. Like they're really trying to watch what they eat because you know, what you consume really does affect how you think and how you function and like, and, and they're thinking long-term. And so I don't know the conversation around food and like nu- nutritional facts and, and, you know, dieting has really changed over the course of, I would say the past like 10 years not even that much like it's so many new studies have come out so many new different diets have come out like and um you know people are just experimenting with different things and so if we're talking personally like personally about me I have tried dieting does not work and it only comes with the reason like I'm growing up (laughs) I I really need to like eat as much not as much as I can but um I really shouldn't be dieting at this age because it's not healthy for me. You know, I'm still growing, but you know, now that I'm 17 um, and I've stopped growing, (laughs) you know, so I, I don't know, like it, that conversation or that idea really is starting to kind of eat my mind up. um, Ironically, uh, because I don't know, like all my friends are dieting. So why can't I? Yes. I, oh my God that opens like this huge can of worms. And I think recently on TikTok, there's been like lots of controversy with like certain really popular people trying to advertise and promote these like, um, like ab machines or like really unhealthy diets. And it's vitamins and stuff. Yeah. Oh, not the vitamins. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, But it's really 
there's a very, very fine line with, um, sorry, there's a very fine line between making sure what you're eating is good for you and obsessing over what you're eating. And I think that's such an easy line to cross over and like go back and forth between. Mm -hmm. And I've been like, so I've tried to very, I've tried to flip my entire like life around. I think everyone has this quarantine, Mm -hmm. but I've been watching so many videos on like, here are some lunch ideas. I become that kind of person. Like I'm already in my early thirties and I'm only 16. started on those type of videos man the tasty videos and like the meal prep videos you, you're never gonna make them but just watch them for fun <laughs> I, you know i have this so i'm really self-destructive so in ramadan i will watch those videos back to back to back you're, when you're <laughs> late, okay, yes. i'm so happy my friends and i were the only ones we would sit in computer science class and instead of coding, we would be watching these videos, right? And one time, one time we brought the ingredients, like we bought the ingredients to class, right? And we, we listed down and I made them the night before. And I like, my dad and I drove around and like we dropped off the chicken wings. But like we were that self-destructive. Like we, yeah, continue. Sorry for putting you off. <laughs> oh, no, I, it's so bad. But oh, we're, yeah, so like, whilst trying to really change my life around um this was back in january so like this is really it's not quarantine related but i became vegetarian so and basically why i did that so there's this there's a very very big controversy about about oh wow i can't talk today about going vegetarian and then going vegan and like the different different um like aspects of it and like the moral philosophy behind it but for me it wasn't as much as i do care about like the animals and how they're being treated fairly as long as i think there's you can be non-vegetarian and non-vegan and still fight for like animal rights because the way they're treated nowadays is like really bad like cages upon cages upon cages not being able to see the sunlight for like their entire lives and kind of living in this really, really terrible cycle. And you can do, you can advocate for that whilst not being vegan or vegetarian. But for me, the reason why I did go vegetarian was I felt like um, there were so many times where I had like highs and then lows and then highs and lows and highs and lows. And it, it was really, really hard to kind of get back to those highs every time. Cause I felt like there was nothing left to grasp on after I've reached my low, you know? Yeah. And I kind of, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was was saying like, just, I think that goes with anything that you do in life. Like when you feel like you're at a low, it's really hard to get back to a high again. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I went vegetarian in kind of like this way to be like, when I do reach my low, there's going to be that little stepping stool that aids me to get back up to like my high because oh my god my thought process with this is so weird but it's kind of like this pillar that's always going to be there you know and it's going to be like the support that's always going to stay consistent like you know as much as I can and being vegetarian I'll get into this later isn't really hard at least for me but it's always going to be there so when I do reach my low I can be like oh well look I was vegetarian when I'm at when I was at my high I can go back to it you know because I'm still vegetarian and like it's just going to give me that little up. And I know I sound crazy right now because I just like <laughs> went back to what I said. Honestly, you don't. Like, and um, yeah, I've tried going, going vegetarian a couple of times and I haven't been able to last a good week. 
And it's not because it's exactly hard, but I guess it's the environment that I'm in. So, you know, us, like, at least in most Muslim, like, you know, cultural communities, uh, meat is a huge part of our food. Like, everything that is cooked is cooked with some type of meat. And so every single day I got home, it was, like, just meat. And, like, one time I tried cooking for the family and I tried cooking, like, a fully vegetarian meal. It was great. But, like, my dad cannot fathom the fact that, like, he can eat food that does not have meat in it. So um, I definitely do want to give it a try sometime in the near future. I don't think right now because I've been experimenting with my food, which we'll get into with the food blog. But um, I definitely do want to try going vegetarian and see what effects that has on me and if it's for me. For sure. Um it's not life-changing, so I won't be here preaching like, oh, yeah, once you go vegetarian, maybe vegan, because, like, vegan, it's a really big change, but vegetarianism isn't, like, insane, and maybe that's just because my family generally isn't too meat, doesn't consume too much meat, but what you said about your family was, like, hit really close to home, because some days I'd feel like the villain, because my parents would be like, okay, well, I'm gonna make, you know, um, chicken with gravy and then they'd be like okay what would Bilal eat and I'd be yeah. like, like just make me a salad okay like you don't need to do anything too fancy like cook what you're cooking but just don't put the meat in it like make a different right? pot I remember I mentioned that to my mom once and she was like oh you're gonna have to wash the dishes after that I'm like okay like it's not it's not that big of a deal but okay for sure it was very it's very much like that and um, they've gotten used to it, so it's not like too. It wasn't too big of a change either. So if you guys are thinking of going vegetarian, like go for it. Um, as I said with my in my episode with Anna, or as she said actually, um, just go for it. You know, like whatever it be in your life, just go for it. But that being said, you did mention your food blog, and I want to g- jump right into that. So Fredo, so you recently started hijabifoodies.to on Instagram. Yes. And I want to, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, we did. Continue, continue. Yeah, so you and a group of friends created it, if I'm correct. And I want to ask you a few questions on that because food blogs, especially in Toronto, are a huge deal. How, what pushed you to start it? Yeah, so we have been on TikTok a lot throughout quarantine and we've been getting these like, you know, occasional TikToks of like food places within Toronto, but none of them are halal like none of them caters to us i mean some of them are vegetarian but like we'll get into that later but for the most part a lot of it would be you know things downtown that we just were not able to eat and so it kind of sparked the idea okay why not just start up a food blog with all four of us so that whenever any of us go out or if we all go out at the same time we just post these photos and so it's been really slow lately just because we all haven't gotten our paychecks yet. But um, but we do hope that, you know, occasionally, at least like once or twice a week, we're able to post these like really cool hot spots within Toronto, um, give our personal take on it because some places are just overhyped and we're, we're going to be completely transparent with that. Um, and yeah, like we, we hope that it's kind of just a side thing, but as well, we want to cater to the Muslim community and really give them a couple of places to go to. I love that philosophy so much. Before I turned vegetarian, it was a hassle trying to find where to eat. 
and my friend group and I aren't like explorers so we don't really know like any food places and it'll be it'll always be like food courts and then we'd always go to like non-kebab if they have it or (laughs) Taco Bell (laughs) I love that place I had it the other day it was really great I'm gonna post that tonight actually (laughs) (laughs) it's really good though I don't blame you but that's an amazing philosophy and an amazing um initiative but Obviously, it hasn't been running for too long, but have you seen any, like, has it really changed your perspective in any way? Has it changed you in any way at all? The food blog itself, I would say, in a certain way, yes. Like, it's definitely, okay, if we're going to get deep here, I've been influenced by, like, friends and peers to have food that's not halal. And I'm not going to lie to you, um, it has been very tough to like say no during some circumstances just because everyone else is eating and you don't want to be that person that that drives people away from certain places and so i feel like with the with the food blog or at least with the planning that we've done we've realized that there is just so many different places out there um that caters to us and caters to our dietary restrictions um and, you know, there, there really is no need for us to step out of our comfort zone and, and try not halal food, like haram food, you know. Um, so in a way, yes, it's, it's definitely opened my eyes to how many options there are out there. It's just a matter of us trying it because just like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. So I just hope I don't spend my money on the bad ones. For sure. There's always, as I said, highs and lows. And mm-hmm. it's really like I love uh, one of my friends. I don't know if you know her. Um, Celine, she runs, oh, what is it again? Tio Eats. It's what, it's like a really big one. And who runs that? One of them. I keep getting the mix up and I'll, I'll tell you like maybe after the episode, cause I don't want to take up the time looking for it, but she runs one of the bigger ones and I, oh, Toronto Eatings. She runs that one. And yeah, like 8k followers and she's always reviewing like different bubble tea places, um Mm -hmm. like it's amazing and like I always run to her and I'm like um I'm going out with friends where should we eat and she's like she gives me like seven places she's like go here go here go here go here I was like okay thank you (laughs) so having this like um halal option to fall back on is really amazing and I'm gonna be on the lookout stocking your pages whenever I have to go out and eat I was literally like just searching it up while you are while you were just like mentioning that um and we actually follow her. That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, but maybe uh, I have to get Celine someday on this podcast. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been, we've basically been going to a lot of like Afghan places. Um, so like shawarma places and stuff. So we're really trying to mix it up now and, and try different types of food. Because again, like, you know, not all our followers will eat Afghan food. So um it's still a work in progress. Like we've definitely launched it, but we're not ready to make it a full-time thing as you can tell with our posting schedule. Um, of course. We'll yeah, yeah, for sure. Any, any big project always takes time to get off the ground. And especially mm-hmm. if you're jumping right in, you're going to see like a little bit of like hesitancy and like kind of work, working your way to it, like really slowly. But once it does get off the ground, I can really see some great things for it. Um, yeah, let me, let's see. Next question. What challenges did you have to overcome with starting the food blog? 
or if there were any? Um, I think it's a no-brainer here, money. Like, <laughs> it, com- it all comes down to, like, if we can afford to eat out every week. And um, for now, most of us can because we just came from our summer jobs, but we're kind of looking into, like, okay, December time, January, February, like, we're not going to have our summer job money by then, so can we keep this up? And so to combat that, we have decided that, like, you know, I don't know why we didn't think of this right away, but why do we always have to go out together to eat? Why don't each of us, like, whenever we get the chance to go out to eat either with our families or, like, by ourselves, you know, for lunch or if we're feeling ourselves, like, we go out, just take a picture and we can post it. It's, like, at least now we have four different people to go out and eat instead of, like, all of us going at the same time. And so, again, it's still something that we're wary of, but um, we hope that, you know, later on down the road, like we get some people messaging us being like, come review our place and stuff. But that's, that's a, that's a while away from here, <laughs> like a while from now. Trust me. It's, I can really see like, um, so Anna from two episodes ago mentioned how, when she started trying to get, when she, oh, wow. Damn. My mouth is not working. When okay. she started getting interviews and guests on her podcast, um, it was a little bit of a slow start, but then as soon as she got like um, certain people on it, it kind of was like a chain effect of like like tumble like snowball. Oh, there we go, snowball effect of getting people. So like as soon as you get those first few hits and scores, you'll definitely see a lot more um, people like filing in and a lot more places asking you to come to review their place. And I can't wait for that. So for those, we've been talking for quite a while. I did not know how much we were talking for. It was, we got lost in the amazing, we got lost in this amazing conversation. Same here. Love, love talking. (laughs) That's why I started this podcast. (laughs) But for those, it's been absolutely lovely, lovely having you on this podcast. Any last pressing thoughts on your mind before we start wrapping up? Um, I... I don't know. I, I, I like I was interested in hearing your thoughts on this. Do you think that halal food is actually halal? Like, Ooh. you know, the boxed ones? Because I don't know. Like, sometimes I go to places and they have the halal sign, but you, you just have like that feeling that maybe they're just putting that sign up so that Muslims can come in. And that kind of gets me thinking that like, I feel like it's a whole, like I reached out to Vice like you know vice documentaries on youtube i reached out to them and i told them that this is kind of like a pressing issue that i see because i am almost 100 percent certain that not all restaurants and not all things that are labeled as halal are actually halal so Mm -hmm. i don't know like that's what do you think well for me like so (laughs) my family has the philosophy of like if they say it's halal and it's not it's on the people saying it's halal right so um, it's kind of like, yeah, if you, if you advertise it as halal and you were trying to sell us halal food and it's not, then you're the one to blame. And like, we, we kind of get away with it. Right. Yeah. But I think one of the big, like best indicators, and I don't know how, like, why, like, if this is on a global scale, if this is only like in Toronto or Ontario, but like halal certifications and, um, like actual, licensing for to sell halal food or like 
you know, a lot of places have that like certificate in the back. That's like visible enough. So you're like, oh yeah, that's the halal, certi- halal certificate. I think that's like one of the best indicators. And yeah. I think, yeah, that's like one of, that's like my key points. Obviously like I'm vegetarian now, so I don't really stress about it too much, <laughs> but that's basically how I go about it. But it's a def, like definitely I can see where you're coming from and it's definitely something that all of us should look into especially with like you know um the, it's not much of a movement yet but like i know people are saying like muslim lives matter um in relation to the uyghur muslims in the mm. chinese concentration camp clamps wow chinese concentration camps and i can definitely see that being a very very large topic especially in toronto with such a large muslim community yeah so yeah I, I really like your take on it because I do think that this is like it's one of the, the things that I want to research more about um but yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes but I think that's all that I really had to share for today oh my god yeah it's been amazing talking to you I always love having really really strong voices on my podcast and you're no doubt one of them so thank do you have any so oh sorry cut you off go ahead <laughs> oh good i said thank you yeah um do you have anything you'd like to promote whether it be your personal instagram um hijabi foodies yeah follow hijabi foodies to on instagram my instagram's for shallow um if you don't i got to promote avatar the last airbender i have to tell you again and again and again that is one of the shows that I will never stop talking about probably till I don't know till I'm 80 but it's so good highly recommend and if that's something that I'm gonna say go watch Avatar the last year buddy. thank you so much so make sure to follow hijabifoodies.to on Instagram if you want to find out what Fridos is doing in her day-to-day follow Fridos.shallow that's s-h-a-l-l or actually let me start from the beginning f-a-r-d-a-u-s dot S-H-A-L-L-O. Um, I know us um, Arab, Middle Eastern, and North African people have difficulties telling people how to spell our names. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's so great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you to listening to the Golden Age Podcast. Make sure to leave a five-star review wherever possible and follow us on Instagram at the Golden Age Podcast. This has been your host, Bilal Bartai, and I'll see you next week.